0: What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Believe in Iowa State podcast. If you're listening right now, you obviously know that this is my favorite show of the year, my absolute favorite show of the year. It's football signing day. Now, this, is, this podcast would be broken up into two parts. There's this part one, which will cool, be the offense, which is what you're listening to currently, and part two, which is the defense. So it, it, if my voice sounds a little rough, um, you, you probably heard that from the podcast that we did two days ago. It's because I've been a little sick, very sick actually, for the past three weeks. Um, I was in Europe last week. It's, it's a whole ordeal. I've been wanting to get podcasts out to you guys, talk about you know basketball, talk about things going on in football. It's just any time that I had time to do it, my voice was just awful so if 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 you could bear with me this will be this will be broken up into a lot of segments i 'll probably break it up into the positions you'll you 'll hear a little break it 's not going to be awful, but you 'll hear a little break it 's just so I can calm down and reset my voice um, but here i am i 'm going to do this i this is my favorite show i got to do it tonight. I love this stuff anyway, guys but Kind of go and this is what this is how we're going to do it. We're going to go down player by player, position by position. Starting off with the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, blah blah blah. And this is what I'm going to tell you. This is the information that I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you obviously what position they play, their size, what kind of offers they have, a little other information about them. And then I'm going to do two things that I want to make sure. Or talk about two things that I want to make sure that you guys know what I'm talking about. That we're on the same page. Because this a lot of times, people can kind of get mixed up by what I mean by this. And um, it comes back a lot. It comes back from Iowa State fans who, who kind of go like, well, and they kind of ask me questions about it. And obviously, I, Iowa fans come back and they criticize me for it. And I kind of joke because I'm like, how do you not know what this means? But I'm going to explain to you right now what I mean by these two things. So what are these two things? Obviously, the first thing is player comp. This is a player comparison of kind of what this player looks like, what they feel like, and other stuff like that. So if I – for example, if I say a player, I don't know, looks like Barry, Barry Sanders, it's not that I think that he's going to have Barry Sanders' career and be the best – one of the best running backs in college football and win the Heisman and be one of the best running backs in the history of the NFL, be a Hall of Famer – Probably could have broke many records, but he decided to retire early the most shiftiest back of all time. no, if I say that a guy is like Barry Sanders, I give the player comp of Barry Sanders is because I think he's probably short of stature, very incredibly shifty, fast does not really it's not about necessarily their talent level or the potential that they have It's not necessarily that now it could be. If I explain it in a way and I say that, yes, this person does have this type of potential, then yes, then yes, that that, that could mean. And there's a guy who I'm going to talk about who, who I'm going to is I give a if, give a player comp of a Hall of Fame player. I'm looking at them right now um, and it's not the quarterback. And do I think that this person would be a Hall of Fame player? I mean, maybe. Who knows? I hope he will be. But today, right now, do I think that he'll be a Hall of Fame football player? I can't answer that. I can't. I can't answer that for anybody. I mean, NFL Hall of Fame. But I think that this person looks a lot like an NFL Hall of Fame player in the way that he plays. Does he have that talent level? I'm not sure. I don't think anybody could be for sure for, uh, as of right now. But the player comp just kind of says, when you look at this player, you'll see a lot of resemblance to the guy that I'm comparing him to. You'll see a lot of resemblance. So if it's Barry Sanders that is the player comp, you'll be like, oh, that guy looks a lot like Barry Sanders. You see this a lot when, you see, when people say, doesn't that guy look like Brees Hall? Doesn't that guy play like David Montgomery? Oh, that dude's a Mike Rose clone. That's what I mean. That's what I mean by the player comp player comp they look a lot like them maybe they're not who knows how how good they are maybe they're not as good maybe they're better but that's what a player comp is is what it reminds you of I mean you could either give a player comp of Brock Osweiler who's a tall statue or Kyler Murray who's tiny and crazy at running around that's what a player comp is the second thing, and this is a little bit more easier to explain, is the significant the significant playing time. When they will get a significant playing time. So, like, if, you, if you're going to say Brees Hall, um, give, like, a preview of him, I might have said, oh, he might get significant playing time his sophomore year. Now, that would have been wrong. But what I mean, would mean by that would be, okay, he probably will ride the bench, Um, his freshman year, and then by his sophomore year, he'll get a lot of snaps. He'll get a lot of significant playing time. That doesn't mean that I'm saying, I think this guy's going to start his sophomore year. But it's, it's more that, oh, he'll get a lot of snaps. He'll get a lot of run. He'll get a lot of play. Maybe he'll be mixed in with the twos. Maybe he will start. But this is kind of a projection of what to expect from this player. Are they ready to go? And it's a mixture of are they ready to go and how much talent they have. And some guys who are very talented, they might need a couple of years. I can think of a couple right now. Some guys might be ready to go their freshman year, but they're, they're a little bit more limited. It's really depending on, okay, when are we going to see this guy? That's kind of what I mean by this. When are we going to see this guy? What what can we expect to see from him? Can we see this guy? Or should we expect to see this guy day one? Or should we be a little bit more like, okay, it might take him a little bit more time to get acclimated to college, and expect him year three. That's what I mean. Just kind of touching touching base here, so that we can understand, you know, that we're not going crazy. Like, oh my gosh, he compared him to Tom Brady; he's going to be amazing. Oh my gosh, he compared him to Dick Buckus; he's going to be he's going to be the next best linebacker. And I was the player comp. No. It's, it's what I think he looks like. So, without further ado, let's get this started off. And man, we're starting off with a bang. Because we're starting out with J.J. Cole. If you haven't heard of him, do you live under a rock? But no, J.J. Cole is a four-star player, quarterback, six foot seven, two 230 pounds. We haven't had very many of these quarterbacks lately. Our tallest quarterback, in probably in the Matt Campbell era, was it was probably Kyle Kemp. He was about six foot four and a statue. He's probably about 210 pounds as well. very, very thin guy, not mobile at all. But that's totally different with J.J. J.J is six foot seven, 230 pounds. He also has, he has offers from Michigan. Ohio State, Penn State, Florida State, Iowa, and many others, among many others. He went to the Elite 11 this summer. The Elite 11 is the competition for all of the best high school quarterbacks, the seniors, all of the... All of the best high school quarterbacks and they compete to be listed in the Elite Eleven. There's like 33 or so guys who go, and only eleven of them get to be put in the Elite Eleven. Obviously, one of them wins the whole thing. But it's really just it's a really big honor if you can get into the Elite Eleven. Guess what? JJ Cole did that. J.J. J. Cole really impressed a lot of people. There was plenty of people, plenty of reporters who know their stuff, who put J.J. J. Cole as the best player to come to that event, which is saying a lot. Because you have guys like Dante Moore, who's a five-star guy, who committed to Oregon and now and signed with UCLA. You had a guy like Malachi Nelson there, who was a, who's going to USC, five-star guy, Five, the Jackson Arnold, I believe that he won the whole thing. Five-star guy going to Oklahoma. And yet a lot of reporters talk about how J.J. Cole was the best quarterback there. Iowa State is getting an incredible player in J.J. Cole. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Maybe one of the best quarterback prospects we've ever, re- we've ever got. I think him, Hunter Deckers, and Brock Purdy, back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, Incredible prospects. Incredible. JJ Cole has been invited and has accepted his invite to the Under Armour All American game, which will be played in a couple of weeks. I'm excited to watch that. Obviously, we have no idea how he did. I'm excited to watch that when he goes there. Hopefully, he slings it around. Hopefully, he gets a lot of playing time. A lot of these events, they like to play favorites. They like to play the guys who they think, oh, this guy's going to Texas. Let's play him a lot because he's going to Texas or whatnot. Maybe they think he's the best one. But no, I really hope to see J.J. Cole get a lot of playing time. I hope he gets the start. Now here it is. My player comp for J.J. Cole would be Joe Flacco. Really tall, really big guy. Powerful arm. Not the fastest guy, but not super slow, not slow can throw on the run very well and again, incredible arm strength can throw it a country mile and very very good accuracy, very good accuracy can make the deep ball throw but very but really, really special with those mid mid throws. Those 20- to 30-yard throws through the air, that's where he really is special. He can hit about any throw from that distance. He can hit him outside the numbers. He can do everything. It's incredible. Go back and watch those throws from the Elite 11 camp. Some of those throws you're watching, you're like, oh, that's an NFL throw right there. Back shoulder, back to the end zone. 40 yards downfield. We're really getting a really good player here, a really special player in J.J. Cole. And the reason why I say that is not only with his ability, because I would say that his ability, his ability to throw the ball and to move, move around the pocket, move even outside of the pocket and throw on the run, I've never seen it like this. I've never really seen it this accurate. Brock Purdy is a very, very close second. But to have all the mechanics and the very quick release that J.J. Cole has, I really haven't seen it as an Iowa State fan. Brock Purdy was really damn good. But J.J. Cole, I think, is is just another tier up. And here's the other thing about J.J. Cole. He's a really good leader. Really, really good leader. He's not really one of those vocal guys who gets in your face and tells everybody what to do. You could see, but he he's one of those guys who's a positive reinforcer when he gets into the huddle. He doesn't put blame on anybody but himself. He's not barking at guys, telling them what to do. It, he internalizes it. And he... He figures out a way for him to get better, for him to lead the team better, and this is something that I saw when I go to the games and I watch on the sidelines because when I'm going to the game and I'm watching on the sideline I'm not only looking for okay, can he make a really good throw? can he make good passes? Can he do this? Can he make great plays whatever I'm also looking okay when they get to the sideline, what happens? Are they stand by themselves are they you know trying to knowing that they're the best player out there? Are they with the guys? Are they working with the team to get better? And you could tell that J.J. was doing that. You could tell that he was leading his guys. And no matter what point in the game they were in, he was with them and he was telling them how we're going to go and score another time. It was something great to see. It's something I saw in every game, whether they were winning, losing, whether J.J. threw a bunch of picks, because you got to remember, J.J. threw three three interceptions his first game this season. Three interceptions his first game this season. And you want to know how he responded with that? Well, first of all, they won the game, which is crazy, but they won the game. And then he didn't throw another pick until his last game of his high school career, which was in the playoffs. I think he might have thrown one, maybe two. But it was a tough game for the Ankeny team. It was a really tough game. It was really it was cold. It was rainy. It was windy. It was not, it, it, nothing really went their way. It's unfortunate, but nothing really went their way. But that's an incredible stat that he threw three picks in his first game and didn't throw another pick until the postseason. That's what you want to see from a leader. That's what you want to see from somebody who corrected it. And it's not like they didn't play any good competition or didn't he didn't stretch it. They played Southeast Polk, and they beat him. They beat him pretty soundly. Now, they didn't have Abu Sam in that game, and we'll get to him in a little bit. But that that's a big win for them. They have a bunch of really good players, a bunch, a bunch of really good players. J.J. Cole is the guy that we need. He's the guy that we need. Especially because let's be honest, we had a little bit of a rough season this year. He's a guy that can steady the ship. He's a guy that can lead lead the other men and can lead them in a way that's not gonna separate the team. He's gonna keep everybody together. He's a positive reinforcer. And he's going to put the ball where it needs to be. He's a really good thrower of the football. His throw motion is a little bit weird. It's a little bit strange. But it goes to the right place. And it's quick. It's a beautiful thing to see. Will he struggle in the pocket a little bit? You're getting out of the pocket? I don't know. That's something that that Tom Brady never had a problem with, even though he's not blistering fast. When do I think that J.J. Cole will play? I think he'll play his redshirt freshman year. I think he'll get a chance his redshirt freshman year. See, to get significant playing time his redshirt freshman year. I think that Hunter Deckers will have a better year this year and decide to hang up his college career. And J.J. Cole will go out there and compete for the job, and I think that he might win it. Do I think that he'll play next year? No. I think that that will be Hunter Decker's job. I think Hunter Decker's, with a new quarterback coach, will flourish and figure out a way to come out and play next year. I think that, obviously, Hunter Decker's is the most prepared for the job. I think it's his job. But after that, after he decides to leave, which I believe it will be after next year, I think it's, it's between Rocco and J.J., and right now it's a really tough, tough question, but I think that J.J. has the tools that you're looking for in a prototypical quarterback. I'm really excited for this guy. I'm really excited for everyone, but J.J. Cole is one of those once-in-a-generation players that Iowa State gets. It's really special that he's that quarterback. And I think that J.J. Cole will help lead Iowa State to a bunch of wins. Anyway, guys, I got to get a drink of water. <laughs> but this was this was fun. This is about J.J. Cole, the quarterbacks. And All right, I'll see you so guys let's go down second. the list and let's talk about the running backs. The first guy we got to talk about needs no introduction. No introduction. You already know who it is. It's Abu Sama. Now, the thing about him and this... We could go on a long tangent about this. He could play running back. He could play cornerback. He was originally brought on as a commitment to this this recruiting class as a cornerback. He's an exceptional cornerback. We'll talk about that in a minute. But after what we saw him do in the state playoffs and especially the state championship, it changed the staff's mind. And they want to try him out at running back. He wanted to start out. At running back, and the staff said, You know what? Damn it, you're good enough. Let's see what you can do at running back. We'll talk about his cornerback play in a minute because you know he may never play cornerback here, but we'll talk about that in the part where we kind of discuss our, my thoughts. But his so he's 5'10, 180 pounds. His offers are to Kansas State, to Iowa. To a bunch of Sunbelt schools and Mac schools. And then other ones that he may not have reported. I believe that he probably got a bunch of other offers that he did not report. Out of respect for his commitment to Iowa State. My player comp for him. And this is a good one. Especially knowing that he's a running back and a cornerback. My player comp for him is Miles Purchase. Deceptive speed. Incredible speed. But deceptive speed. That kind of 5'10", 180-pound frame can play both running back very, very well and cornerback. Miles Purchase, if you remember, was the Colorado Player of the Year his senior year, and he got that due to his punt return abilities as well as his cornerback abilities and his abilities at running back in the state playoffs. Miles purchase was not the dedicated running back on that team. He was on a really good team, but he's not the dedicated running back. But when he came in at running back and Wildcat quarterback, he he lit it up. He ran for so many touchdowns. Abu Sama is the the time when I think he'll get a significant amount of playing time is probably his redshirt sophomore year. It'll probably be a few years till we see him for a few reasons. One, he has to gain about ten pounds in order to be able to play running back at Iowa State. He needs to be in that one ninety 190 to one ninety five range. Um, he also needs a couple years of training just to make sure that. You know, he's ready to go. Also, but most importantly, is I think there's a couple guys in front of him. Jirel Brock, Arlen Harris, who are coming in, who are really good talents. Or are already on the team, who are really good talents. I think Jirel Brock is really good. I think Cartavious Norton. We've got Arlen Harris. got a bunch of guys who are really something special. But as they leave, I believe that Abu Samu will find himself getting more and more playing time. I think that he will also be a big-time special teams player. He might also be a returner. He played in the U.S. Army All-American Bowl a couple of days ago. He played at cornerback. He shut it down. I think they, uh, they only had like one catch against him out of seven throws. Really, really good stats. Really good stats. He's also a state, state championship and state record holder in the track in the long jump. Really special athlete here. Really special athlete. But I kind of want to start out <clears throat> talking about my thoughts about him. You know, kind of my journey of like how I came to know about this guy, thinking about this guy. I, I remember I remember watching him last year. When Southeast Polk had a really good running back, they had a really good running back that kind of shared the carries with him. And I thought that he was going to go to a big time school, um, but I, I don't think that that happened. But I remember watching Abu going, "Oh, he's got some juice about him. He's got some skill." I did. I never saw him at cornerback, but I remember thinking at running back, I was like, "This guy, this guy can play." I didn't know how good he could be. I didn't know that he'd have the this, this season that he did this year. But I thought, you know what? He looks pretty good. He's faster than a lot of the kids in Iowa. He's pretty big for, the, for being a fast kid. Normally, a lot of these fast kids are 150 pounds at these schools. But he's 180 pounds. He looks good running. He has good lean. He's not afraid to be physical. This kid could play. I remember thinking that, but I didn't think anything of it. I thought, you know what? This might be your, your run of a mill really good high school kid. And I didn't know. And then he came to camp. And then I saw him. We saw him play running back. And then we, we wanted him back to see how he could do at corner. And he did really well at corner. Really well. And you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this. After the first few weeks After the first few weeks of this year, his senior year, I remember watching the tape. I remember watching his games going, you know what, dude, we might have a really, really special cornerback here. This guy can really play, really play. He reminded me a lot of Miles Purchase, very physical, very physical off the line. Shut his people down, really strong tackler. I remember, I was like, this guy's a really good player. Really good. And he's going unnoticed by most people in the state because they're focusing on, you know, your J.J. J. Coles, your J. Jameson Pattons, your Kai Blacks. And rightfully so, those are really good players. And we'll get to Kai and Jameson in a little bit. But I was kind of like, don't sleep on Abu. He's really something special. Really something special on defense. And even when he started to gain notoriety on on an offense. I was like, this guy's incredible on defense. Everybody, this guy's incredible on defense. But then it happened. And what what am I talking about? He kept running for touchdowns. It kept being every week, oh, Abu ran for four touchdowns. Abu ran for two touchdowns and 250 yards. Oh, look at this crazy play by Abu. It kept happening week after week after week. He got injured one of those weeks in there when they played Ankeny. But it kept happening week after week after week where Abu looked incredible. And you know, you thought, okay, he's just a really, really good running back. But he's coming to college to play cornerback. And you know what? He's really damn good at cornerback. We have a really special player coming in. And it kept happening that way. And he kept leading his team to the the state championship. And... I remember getting the state championship, first time ever being in the Unidome. It was pretty cool. And watching him just run up and down the field. Now, the thing with him is where a lot, so I compared him to Miles Purchase, but a lot of people go, there's a little bit of breeze in him. I can see it. Abu has that ability to find the hole where it isn't. Abu has that patience. He kind of looks a little bigger than he actually is. He's got really good lean like Brees Hall had. Really long strides. It's one of those things where you kind of see like a little glimpse of an older player like Brees is. Am I saying that he's going to be as good as Brees? Am I saying that he's the same running back? No, he's a little bit smaller than Brees is. But the the thing that I saw was... Oh, he's just hes just way better than all these guys. It's that same feeling that you got with Brees. It's, oh, he's just playing on a different playing field. He's just running by people. And you saw this with Brees in the NFL this year in every game that he played at Iowa State. It would be like the def- defenders were just standing still, letting him run by. And no, that wasn't happening. <laughs> They're trying to win a state title but it was almost as if the guys were just watching abu just run by him and it's not that just that he's incredibly fast it's because he finds the hole and he just bursts through it and he he kind of and the the main reason why that happens too is with his steps with his running back ability with his instincts with his vision he can kind of trick the defenders into thinking that he's going to go one way, but he goes the other way. And he gets them flat-footed, and he gets them to stop, on, stop their motion. And then he runs right by them. Abu Sama is a really special running back. I think we might see him his redshirt sophomore year, but you know we might see him sooner, especially if he plays on special teams. I really like Abu Sama. I'm really excited to see his future, especially because when he came in, and I'll be honest, there wasn't much pomp and circumstance. I knew what we were getting. I thought he was going to be incredible, but there wasn't much pomp and circumstance from the Iowa State faithful. We were more kind of excited about J.J. Cole and the possibilities of him since he was going to the Elite 11 camp. And Abu now has gotten all the praise. Iowa called him about every other day, trying to get him to come there, play the running back there. No, he's ours. He's a cyclone. And, man, I'm super excited about that. I think he's a really good player. And who knows? You know what? If it doesn't work out at running back, and I hope it does, but you know what? Even if it doesn't, he's an incredible cornerback. He will find a spot on this football team, and he will help make this football team better. I really like Abu Sama. He's a great kid. I'm ready. I'm ready to see him. The next guy I want to talk about, man, he has all the accolades, too. I'm kind of running out of breath, so let me get my water here. He has all the accolades, too. One moment. And that's Carson Hansen. Carson Hansen is running back out of Minnesota. He's six foot one, 190 pounds. He has offers to Kansas State, Northwestern, several Mac schools and several other uh, Mountain West schools. I think he might be one of the most underrated players in this class for Iowa State. I think the guy that we get to in a little bit is the, the number one most underrated. But I think that Carson Hansen is incredibly underrated. Incredibly underrated. I would say the same thing about Abu, but he kind of exp- exploded. But Carson Hansen is a two-time player of the year in Minnesota. He won the Gatorade Player of the Year last year. I mean, that is an incredible achievement to win the Gatorade Player of the Year. He won the state playoffs last year and he's ran he's had several 2000-yard rushing seasons. I mean this guy he plays on a really good team but they're not they're not your your Wayzattas. He plays on a good team. But man, l- l- let me tell you. So he runs a very interesting offense. He runs the split T offense which is you have the quarterback under center and you have three running backs lined up next to each other. And he's the fullback. He's in the middle of it. So it's kind of a weird formation. It's not, it's, it's kind of works in the same way that the flex bone, which is what Georgia tech ran for all those years. It's not the wishbone. I guess it's more like the wishbone (laughs) where, but instead of the fullback being up, the fullback would be back, and the, the running backs would be a little bit more spread out, and they're all just lined up back there, across the line. And the, the, the quarterback hikes the ball and hands it to one of them, and, and it's meant to confuse and kind of to trick the other the defense and to not knowing who has the ball and the guy runs and whatnot. But when I tell you this, I tell you his player comp, you're going to look at me like, what are you talking about? And then I'll explain it to you. My player comp for him would be Eric Dickerson. Oh, oh, what are you doing? Eric Dickerson, what is he known for? He's known for his speed, his excellent speed. His size and his crazy strides. And also he's known for the neck roll and the glasses. But Carson doesn't have those. Carson has excellent speed. He has incredible stride, he has incredibly long legs. Incredibly long legs. And he he's six foot one. He has a six foot one frame. He's one ninety pounds. He has a six foot one frame. Really lean, one ninety. Really lean. But the thing that would also have kind of say about Eric Dickerson is Eric Dickerson was known as kind of be a slasher guy. That's kind of what people trademarked him as, which is what. You kind of can see from Carson Hanson, which is what he does really well, is the burst through the line, getting going, just can't be caught. But the thing, the subtle little thing that people didn't really talk about very much with Eric Dickerson was he, he was incredible. Was he was incredible running through that phone book, running in a phone book, running up the middle, getting through all those people, bouncing around. He was incredible at it. Even with his 6'3 frame, he was really good at it. Running around in a phone book, finding his way through it. And that is, that is the most valuable part of Carson Hansen's game. A lot of running backs in high school that you watch, you can kind of go, oh, there, this is a highlight of a dude running 80 yards every play. 80 yards, this time 80 yards, this time 80 yards, blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. But what you want to see is what Carson Hansen brings. Because I have a lot of people who come and talk to me and ask me, and they go, well, where are all of his big runs? Where are all of his crazy runs? Like, I remember what he, like, they'll say, I remember watching so-and-so, and he was running for crazy amounts of yards. Every play, 95 yards, 80 yards, blah, blah, blah. And I'll tell them, listen, the most important thing for a running back is play in and play out, can you gain five yards? That's the most important thing. Everybody can run for, day, run for the, the touchdown if they're in daylight. But can you find your own daylight? And that's something that Carson Hansen does extremely well. Extremely well, and it's part of, it's partly attributed to his offense, because his offense is basically an option offense, and those are usually five yards in a cloud of dust offenses. But Carson Hansen, it's like he's he's running up the middle, he's running around, kind of trying to find, find his way through the linebackers and the defensive linemen and the safeties, and all of a sudden, he'll pop out and burst it. And maybe he only runs for 25 yards. But you're like, that is probably the best play that I could possibly see. Because you know what? Once you're in the clear, doesn't matter. These guys are the best athletes on the field. They're going to outrun everyone. But can he get through that pile of muck where it's about him finding his way through it? And it doesn't matter Doesn't matter unless it's terrible talent. If it's good, if it's any decent talent, eight guys should be able to tackle him if they're all around him. But Carson Hansen finds a way out. It's something really special, and it's something, that is what makes Carson Hansen valuable. is his ability to get through there, the ability to find a way out. I also think that he'll get significant playing time his redshirt sophomore year. I think that both of these running backs are expe- exceptional running backs. I think that Iowa State is really making their case to being running back U. Or one of the running back U's. Because he, these two guys, these two gentlemen, are really special talents. I think that Carson Hansen, you know, he could play other positions on the field. And people have suggested is he a safety? Because he's listed as an athlete on the recruiting services. So a lot of people ask, like, is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Does he play running back? With? No. This guy's an incredible running back. Incredible. I'm excited to see both these guys. Really excited. Anyway, guys, that's the running backs. I need to take a drink again. And I'll see All you. All right, in a let's talk about a really talented group. And I'd probably say the most talented wide receiver and tight end. I'll add the tight end. Most, wa- most talented receiver core in a class that we have landed at Iowa State. There was a couple there. I think the one with Alan Lazard was pretty good. But there's a couple there that were really special wide receiver classes. Nothing compares to this. Nothing compares to this. Last year was pretty good too, but nothing compares to this. So we have four receivers, wide receivers and tight ends. We have four receivers in this class, and all of them are special. I mean, that's kind of a cliche thing that I say. I say, oh, this guy's special. I For this, we have not been this talented in a class ever before. Four, four wide receiver. This is really special. This is going to move our class forward. All these guys can play. Every single one of them can play. Every single one of them was highly touted. Every single one of them was wanted by big time schools. All these dudes can play. So let's get into it. The first guy that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about the Iowa kid. How about that? I'm going to talk about Kai Black, wide receiver from Urbandale. Six foot five, 205 pounds. That's a big kid. That's a big kid, especially from Urbindale. Now, everybody's going to draw the comparisons to Alan Lazard. And you know what? He has that kind of talent. But that's kind of where those similarities end. His offers are from Iowa, Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Vanderbilt, and a bunch of other smaller G5 schools. The player comp that I would give him is T. Higgins. T. Higgins is a big athletic receiver who plays for the Bengals right now. He's a big, big, bulky type of receiver. Not necessarily that bulky, but he's a bigger receiver. But he plays very athletic and he plays like he's about five foot eight. I would guess that significant playing time will come for Kai Black probably by his redshirt sophomore season. Uh, We got a pretty, pretty filled up wide receiver room there. And I think that the significant times, the times where he can expect about 30 catches a season, that will come about redshirt sophomore year. And he will play. Really good kid. So let's talk about him. So he was kind of unknown until the summer before his junior year. He goes to an Iowa State camp. He goes to an Iowa State camp, and he performs there. Nobody nobody kind of really knows who he is. They're kind of like, okay, this is a big kid. He's from Urbandale. All right. Yeah. We hadn't been paying much attention to him. We, as in the Iowa State coaching staff, Hadn't been paying too much attention to him. We had eyes on other guys, but guess what? He came out, and he looked absolutely incredible. His From his size, to the way that he moved, to his speed, everything. His strength, everything. The way that he high-pointed the ball, the way that he caught the ball. He looked like a Division I player. He looked like a Division I player already. He's ready to go. He's a grown man body. His summer after sophomore year... Grown man body, he's ready to go. And that, he was the first scholarship to be offered that camp. Later after that camp, he would get J.J. Cole and Jameson Pat would be offered. A couple guys, other guys would be offered. But Kai Black was the first guy to be offered at that camp because he was special. I mean, absolutely, they saw immediately this guy can really, really play. He looks really good in this camp. So we got that offer, we recruited him, and I remember going to one of his games. I went to the game where he played Jameson Patton's Roosevelt team, and I remember watching him going, okay, they're not throwing to him, they're not throwing to him. They threw to him once early in the game, and he kind of made a guy miss, pushed him down, and then he got tackled for a short gain, And looked pretty good. Um, looked really good route running. He looked really good out there. He was blocking, he was blocking everybody into the ground. But I was kind of like, okay, yeah, he's a wide receiver. And that's the thing that you have to remember for wide receivers is they're not going to get the ball every play. They're not even going to get the ball a lot of the times. So I remember sitting there going, okay, when are you going to throw him the ball? And Jameson Patton was running around a little bit, but his Roosevelt team couldn't get going, and the Urbandale team kept scoring a bunch. It's like, okay, when are they gonna get Kai Black involved? And then Kai Black gets a pretty short 10-yard in and takes it to the house. It's like holy smokes. This guy's incredible. It's one of those plays where you only need to see one play, and you're like, this guy can play in college. There's a lot that happens a lot of times where you're watching you're like this guy is so dominant. So dominant, and he doesn't look like anybody else out here that he can play in college. That's all I needed to see. And it was getting pretty late, so I took off a little bit early. But I was like, yep, Kai Black is incredible. An incredible talent. And that's all I needed to see. He's big, but he knows how to move. He's a good route runner. Really good catcher of the ball. He has all the tools. He's also a really, really smart kid. He wants to become a doctor someday. He has all of the tools. I think that where it may be a little underwhelming is his offense in high school. May not incorporate him as much as he wants. Or as much as you would want to see with the star receiver that he is. He's a really good talent. Big body. Fast. Physical. Really good route runner. It's a complete package. I think we'll see him his redshirt sophomore year because I think that he just has to get acclimated to college and he also just needs to abide and wait his turn because we've got guys like Greg Gaines, guys like Jason Essex, guys like Jalen Knoll who are out there playing. He will have his day though. He's going to be a really good player for the Cyclones. The next guy that I want to talk about is a guy that kind of gets overlooked a lot, and shouldn't happen. And that's Michael Parks. He's a wide receiver from Bayside in Palm Bay, Florida. He's about six foot one, one hundred and eighty-five pounds. Offers from Indiana, Mississippi State, Utah, West Virginia, and Pitt. Player comp that I would give him, and man. <coughs> You guys might think that this is a stretch. But I see a lot of it in him. Is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now, Jackson Smith and Jigba is one of those guys that makes running and running routes looks effortless. Running with the ball in his hands look effortless. And that's kind of what Michael Parks does. He makes it look, look like running routes, like he's just running, just running on a track. And it's guiding him where to go. Makes great cuts, good routes, quick routes, and really carves up the defense with his routes. And then he catches the ball. is really solid catcher. Makes some really big time catches this season on the line, on the back of the line. There was one that looked like a lot like Jackson Smith and Jigba, where he caught one on the in the back of the end zone with one foot. We saw Jackson Smith and Jigba do that. I think it was like his first catch that he ever had in college. But ja- but I see a lot of really special traits with Michael Parks. This is a big win for G- Dion Broomfield. Dion Broomfield was his primary recruiter. I believe that his brother even recruited, or brother or cousin or somebody, somebody with a relation. They have a last name Broomfield, is the coach on that staff. This is a big-time win for Dion Broomfield because this is a guy who could have had Florida State, Miami, Florida come in and try to offer him and try to recruit him. But we brought him up to Iowa. We brought him up to Iowa State. He committed in May, and it was kind of out of the blue, and everybody was like, w- who is this guy? Who is this guy? We haven't heard much about him. He's not an in-state kid. We haven't heard much about him. And I turned on the tape, frankly, to be honest, I hadn't seen much of him. I turned on the tape and went, wow, this guy is special. From from the first few plays I saw him, I was like, this guy, he looks like he's playing on a different playing field than the rest of these guys. And I knew he was special, and then I looked up some of his rankings, and he had a four-star ranking by ESPN. I was like, yep, I can see why. Really solid player. I think that will see him his redshirt sophomore year as well. A lot of these guys I'm giving their redshirt sophomore year just to get acclimated to the team just because they might have guys in front of them. But this is a guy that I could see if he comes in and he really performs well and he really gets adjusted to life at Iowa State and life in college and college football. I think we could see him much sooner than his redshirt sophomore season, because he's so fluid. He's so good at route running. He's good at catching very fast. He's what he's the prototypical wide receiver for the new leagues, for the NFL and college, about six foot one, hundred and ninety pounds. That's the prototypical wide receiver right now. It's not these huge, big guys, even though we like those guys and we got guys who are really special and don't play like big lugs. But the prototypical is you got to get fast, you got to run routes, you got to get open, and you got to catch the ball. That's the prototypical now, and Michael Parks is exceptional at doing that. Really exceptional at doing that. The thing that I kind of wonder, and this is just me being curious, is can he play corner? We have lower, we have lower numbers at corner. And you know what? He might be one of those guys where we look at and go, you know what? Uh, why don't you try to play corner? This is just me speculating. This is just me being hyperbole, totally made up. But he played corner back in high school, and he looked pretty good doing it. It might be a position that we try out in the, near fuj- in the future if we need cornerbacks. But otherwise, he's going to play wide receiver, and he's a great one. He's a four-star wide receiver. Awesome player. Let's move on to another guy, the main man. The main man, Benny Ngoi. The reason why he's a main man is because we didn't know where he was going to go to college as of this week. <coughs> Six foot four, 180 pounds. Offers from Nebraska, Washington, Kansas, Kansas State Pitt. The player of comp that I would give to him is Martavis Bryant. Some of you don't know who Martavis Bryant is. Martavis Bryant played for the Steelers a couple years ago. I'm not sure if he's still on the team, but the thing about Martavis Bryant was he was a freak. He really fast, could jump like crazy, really a big wingspan thing about Martavis Bryant is <laughs> he never really learned how to fit and never really know how to stay in the league. He kept getting in trouble. But Benny, as physically player comp, Martavis Bryant. Benny runs a sub-11 second-hundred-meter dash. That's really quick, really fast. He's a 44-inch vert. I can't tell you how high that is. You already know how high that is. That is a crazy vertical jump. Absolutely crazy. That's why he got his nickname Bouncy Benny. Incredible vertical jump. He has a six foot, 10 inch wingspan. I mean, talk about tickling your knees. That is what you like to see from a wide receiver. He's crazy fast, crazy jumps, really, really long wingspan and pretty tall. I can't remember. Exactly what I calculated, but I calculated how high he can get his hand up. And it was something like, it was like almost 12 feet that he could get his hand up. And that is a big time, that is a big time leap, especially if somebody's throwing a jump ball in the back of the end zone. And when he has the ball in his hands, he looks He looks the part. He looks like a five-star wide receiver. He looks like an NFL wide receiver running down the sideline. Really incredible stuff. Really incredible stuff. The thing that I would say about him is he's a little bit raw. He's a little bit raw, and he needs a little bit of time in college. I would give him, though, that the time that he would see significant playing time is his redshirt freshman season. Red shirt freshman season. You might wonder, well, why, why do you think if he's a little bit raw, do you think that he would play his redshirt freshman season? I think this is a really special player here. I think he's a really special player. He has the side size, the speed, the leaping ability, the athleticism, everything. He's a freak. He has really long arms. And I think that if this staff, if Nate Shielhouse or whoever the wide receiver coach is, if they can mold him into being a, a really good route runner, a really good pass block, or a really good blocker, guy with really good wide receiver instincts. I think this is a guy that we can see play really early. A guy like Hakeem Butler—that's what you think of, because he is crazy. His crazy athletic ability, and that's something if you can harness it and get him to play, he could play early and play often. And that's—I think that man—he has all the tools to succeed all the tools to succeed. It's can he put it together? And if this staff can put it together, I think we could see him his redshirt freshman season. So those are our wide receivers. Those are our wide receivers. And man, each one of them is a really, really good wide receiver. And you know, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm going to be completely honest with you because sometimes there will be some times where we land a guy and I kind of look at him and go, You know, he's a pretty good player, but you know what? I'm not sure when exactly he'll play. And I'm just being honest with you. There's sometimes we get that, and it happened plenty of times in the Rhodes days. There's a lot of times now where most of the class, I'm like, oh, my gosh, all these guys are going to play. But there's a time in the Rhodes, Rhodes era where half the class I would look and go, I don't know exactly where this guy's spot is. I don't know how he fits into the team. All three of these wide receivers are incredible talents. And I can see all of them fitting. And I think all of them will get a significant amount of playing time by the time that their career is over at Iowa State. I'm really excited to see these guys. But I say all of that to talk about the one guy left and these receivers. And that's our tight end, Ben, Bram- ben Bramer. I believe that's how you say his name. He's a tight end from Pierce High School in Nebraska. He's six foot six, two hundred and fifteen pounds, and that's kind of the way that tight ends are trending. I believe that Taylor Mauser has a type, and he's kind of going for you know your skinnier, more athletic types. We'll talk about that in a second. That's the way that the NFL is going. That's the way that college football is going. That's the way that Iowa State needs to go in order to keep up with the times. And I'm glad to see that that's the way that we're going with it. His offer. Is Nebraska. He was committed to Nebraska for a long time. This was a huge win by us. Huge win. My player comp for him is Tony Gonzalez. Y'all know Tony Gonzalez, the Hall of Famer Tony Gonzalez. The significant playing time that I would give for him is his redshirt sophomore season, just because we have a pretty. Loaded tight end room with Deshaun Hanukkah, Easton Dean, Tyler Moore, mm-hmm. Andrew Keller, and Gabe Burkle, plus other guys. I think that all, all those guys are really good. But here's the thing. I think we'll see Ben Bramer sooner rather than later. I think redshirt sophomore season is very conservative for him. So what am I talking about? So... I watched Matt Campbell's press conference today and he talked about the guys that he thought, like he he talked about this Ben Bramer kid because somebody asked about the Nebraska guys and he talked about how Benny was a lot like Hakeem Butler and I was like, yes, I see it. But then he talked about Ben Bramer and he alluded to it. I don't know how many reporters actually picked it up. He talked about how great... He thought Ben Bramer was. How great of a school that he thought he went to and all that. Just giving you his Matt Campbell speak of talking about the culture and his ability and the team. And his dad's the coach and whatnot. And yes, it's all very important. But for me, I'm kind of an and Oh, guys, I want to know how good this player is. And the way that he talked about him, he's talked about him like he's... And I think he said he's one of the best talents that they've ever brought to Iowa State. That's something... And, and I don't think that a lot of the reporters caught up on that. The, the best talent? Okay, come on, Matt Campbell. No. No. I remember when I first heard that we were going after this guy hard and trying to flip him. I watched his tape. I was like, you know, his quarterback isn't the best. He plays on a tiny team. But man, when he catches the ball, he's special. Man, when he catches the ball, He's special. And I asked around, and, and man, I was told that, from a good source, that if this guy went to an Ankeny, if this guy went to a Southeast Polk, if this guy went to a bigger high school, that Ohio State would be after him, Alabama would be after him, USC would be after him, all these big-time schools would be after him. We'd have no chance. When I heard that I was like yeah 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 I get that That this guy's Incredible This guy I'll put this right now I will put this right now I've done this I th- I think I did this Two years ago Can't remember if I did it last year I think that as far as A talent As far as a talent I think that Ben Bramer is the best talent In this class That's a lot of that's a lot of weight for a guy on a, in a class with a lot of talent. We have a lot of talent in this class. I think that Ben Bramer is the best talent in this class. You watch him, you're like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, this guy's incredible. And what do I mean by that? When he he's a really big, physical guy, can run around. Look, at, Think about Tony Gonzalez. When he gets in the open field, he's gone. He's inc- he's He's one of those guys that if you think about your wide receivers getting wide open. But here's the thing. Cornerbacks can't cover him. Safety, even now the safeties nowadays that are getting smaller, they can't cover him. They have to rely on their linebackers and their safeties both to take him down. Because he's he's big, he's fast, and he's physical and he's impossible to take down. He's going to be, he might be, man, he is going to be a, such a special player for us. I think that he might be, I believe that he, for me, this is my opinion, that he is the best talent in this class. and That's not to take away from anybody else because we've got a ton of guys who are really good. But for me, I, my guy for the most talented guy in this class is Ben Bramer. Man, he's good. I can't believe that we stole him from Nebraska. It's a huge get. Huge, huge win for Taylor Mauser in this program. It's awesome to see. But if there's a guy to really go to tell everybody about, it's not JJ Cole. That's not the Iowa guys, Abu Sam. all those other guys. This is not Benny If there's a guy that you want to talk about, I would be Ben Bramer and be like, this guy, man, he's incredible. And guess what? You'll sound pretty smart at your tailgates in two years. When you go, hey, remember when I talked about that guy? Ben Bramer's legit. Ben Bramer. Is a huge win for Iowa State, and we've got a really good one. We've got a future pro here. Anyway, guys, I'm going to take another drink. I'll all see right, you so let's side. talk about these offensive linemen. And if you listen to this podcast before, you know that I'm not the best at evaluating offensive linemen talent. I'm not the best at like kind of telling you the difference in this stuff. So if this one is a little bit more brief, I apologize. I want to give all these guys the respect I think. Every single one of these guys deserves their time because they decided to sign with Iowa State. And man, I couldn't be more happy for them to take that jump, to take that leap, to play for the school that I love. So I'm going to give you my best analysis. I'm going to give you my thoughts on these guys. But take it with a grain of salt compared to the other guys because I'm not exact. I don't have the keen eye that I do for other positions. But let's start out with the Iowa kid. <laughs> Carson Rhodes. He's an offensive tackle from Nevada High School in Iowa. Right down the road from Ames. He's six foot seven, two hundred and fifty-five pounds. His offers to Northern Iowa and Kent State. You might think, oh, that's a pretty underwhelming list. Well, guess what? He was the first commit of this class. Right when he got the Iowa State offer, he decided to commit. He played tight end in high school. He missed a lot of his senior season due to injury. But what I saw from him from his junior tape, I remember watching him and thinking, you know what? This good kid could get a little bit more faster. He would be a special tight end because he moves really well. has really good hips, all that kind of stuff. But then when I, we got him, I was kind of like, okay, Let's see. But then when I heard that he was going to play tackle, I was ecstatic. I was excited. I thought, this guy, this is the prototypical guy that you need to bring in, coach him up. He's really good. And guess what? Nowadays in college football, you want to have guys who can move. These edge rushers are becoming impossible to stop. Look at Will McDonald. How do you stop that guy? You need a guy with really good hips, a guy with really fast feet, a guy who can get good leverage. You don't necessarily need a big lug who's 350 pounds and whatever. You need a guy who's nimble on his feet. You need a guy with really good hips, a guy who can who can move around, and that's something that Carson Rhodes can do. Obviously, he'll need to gain about 20 to 25 pounds to really be 20 to 30 pounds to really be a good offensive tackle in college. But once he gets up there, it might take a couple years. But once he gets up there, he he'll have the hips, he'll have the feet to be able to stop the best pass rushers in the Big 12. I'm really excited for this guy. Obviously, it it totally, totally. Is on. Can we put on the weight so that he can keep his hips, so that he can keep his feet? Because he's really good at moving. We see that with the, his ability to play tight end. He's a really tough blocker. Really good blocker. Can he get the strength and can he get, get the weight? And will he be able to move his feet and do everything with his hips that he needs to? And get that leverage. It's all a big what-if game for this. And if he can, he's going to be a really good tackle for Iowa State. Really good tackle. He's he's a great kid, comes from a great family. He's a kid that you'll always be rooting for as a Cyclone. He loves the Cyclones right down the road. He's a great kid. I'm rooting really hard for him, really hard for him, because a lot of these offensive linemen have to come in and they have to gain weight. That's the hard part about this is those wide receivers, they might need to gain five pounds, and that's it. A lot of these offensive linemen need to come in and gain 30 pounds And it's really hard to do. Do you keep your athleticism? We've seen some guys come in, and either one, they couldn't put on the weight. I don't think Carson Rhodes will have any problem with that. But sometimes when you add it, it's like, oh, my gosh. This guy went from a four-star to a two-star. I don't think that's going to happen with Carson Rhodes. I like the new strength and conditioning coach that we're bringing in. I like the staff that we have right now. I think that we can use Carson Rhodes in a good way. Really good way. He's a really special guy. Really athletic guy for his size. And if we can add that weight on and he can keep all his movement, man, he's going to be a good player for us. Really good player. The next guy I want to talk about. Ooh. Trevor Boer, Trevor Burr, Trevor Boer. He's an offensive guard from Washington High School in Missouri. Six foot four, 270 pounds. So he's going to need to gain about 20 pounds to get up to where he needs to be to play offensive guard in college. His offers from Iowa, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Nebraska, Washington, among others. This guy, when I watch him, I'm like, man, you know, we haven't really had an offensive guard like this. Usually when we recruit guys, usually this was in the Rhodes days, the early Matt Campbell days. We recruited a guy who we think, okay, we'll just plug and play him in a position that we think that he might work at. And and eventually we got five guards on an entire line. That's what we were playing within the Fiesta Bowl that we won. We've got five guards. Here's the thing. Carson Rhodes is a dedicated tackle. You know he has a tackle body. Trevor Boer has very much guard body. And he's an incredible guard. Really quick on his feet. You see that with him playing defensive lineman. Really quick. Exceptionally quick. He's going to be a great pulling guard. He's going to annihilate people on the line. He's one of those. I'll say this right now. I'm not the best at evaluating offensive line talent. I've already said this on this podcast. But when I watch Trevor Boer, I'm like, this guy's different than other guys that we've got. He's meaner, he's way more athletic for a guard. The guy who has a typical, prototypical guard body. He's way more athletic than I've seen Iowa State ever recruit. He's really, he's really something special. I think this guy is one of those guys who has the ability to come in. If he can bulk up, he could play his redshirt freshman season. I think he's really something special. Really something special. The fact that Texas A&M wanted him. The fact that other SEC schools wanted him. The fact that. All over the country wanted him. Iowa wanted him. She says, "Hey, this guy's a really talented player. He's a really good offensive lineman, and the fact that we brought him home is huge. It's awesome. I'm super excited about this. A lot of these off that's the thing a lot of these offensive lineman guys don't get the praise and the accolades." And the applause from the fan base that a lot of the other guys do, that the running backs do, that the quarterbacks. And you know what? I understand that. But this guy and the rest of these guys, they deserve it because this is one of the better offensive line class that Matt Campbell has brought in. It's probably up there. It's, definitely, it's probably top two. All of these guys have the ability to be a really good player when they come here. And Trevor Brewer is one of those guys who I think could play early. I think he made a good choice if he wants to play early. I'm excited to see who our new offensive line coach is because I think that if that person comes in and can really harness Trevor Boer, this guy's going to be playing early and he's going to find his way to the NFL. The next guy I want to talk about is Brendan Black. Brendan Black will put your face in a blender. Brendan Black will put your face in the dirt and hope that you don't come back up. He's a nasty dude. He's a weightlifter. He's 6'3", 300 pounds, offers to Duke, Kansas, Louisville, Miami, University of Miami, among others. He plays down at the Bulls School in Jacksonville, Florida. The thing that pops off Screen from of this guy. Is this guy's a bully. He'll push people around. Push people into the dirt. He's kind of more of an offensive guard body. Interior lineman body. But man. He's really stinking strong. He's going to push people around. He's going to hold his own. And if he can get that leverage. If he can get that leverage. He's going to be a really good player for us if he can move his hips, if he can get down and get that leverage that he needs to get, he's going to be able to hold his own. A lot of the times that we've seen with Iowa State linemen over the past few years is guys getting beat because they're not as strong. They don't have as good of leverage as their opponent. This guy shouldn't have that problem, especially with the strength department. I think most high school linemen can work on their leverage. It's one of the difficult parts of the game because some of these guys, and I don't mean this in any way, every single player that's coming out has this issue. That they can sometimes get a bad, bad habit of not getting the leverage that they need because they're just so much stronger than everybody else. You see it with every player, every single player. It's one of the fundamental things that most of the offensive line coaches have to teach when they come into college is get your ass down. (laughs) I think that if Brendan Black can learn how to use his leverage and his strength as advantage, he should not have a problem in the Big 12. He's a strong dude. He can hold his own. He's very physical. Very athletic, can move around. I really like all three of these guys. Brendan Black, there's a reason why he got that Miami offer. He's a mean dude. Mean dude. And he's playing amongst some of the best players in Florida. And that's you're talking about five-star offensive linemen there. And he's blocking against them and winning. Really good player here. All three of these guys, and these are the three guys that we are signing to this class. All three of them are really good talents. I think this is probably one of the best, if not the best, signing classes that we've had. I think there's another one. I think maybe the 2019 one was had all these guys who were really good, but this class is really, really good. Maybe it was a 2020. I can't remember. There's one that a couple of these guys on the current line are starting on. But the one, but this class is a really good class and it's only made up of three guys. Really good class. But there's one guy who I want to talk about while we're wrapping up the show. And it's not a guy who's on scholarship. His name's Aiden Gilmore. He's from Parish Episcopal in Dallas. He's six foot five, two hundred and ninety pounds. He's a state champion. He's a preferred walk on for Iowa State. But the reason why I'm bringing him up is he has offers to Buffalo, Marshall, and SMU. Yes, the SMU that's also in Dallas. The SMU that's the Poly Express. The SMU is where Eric Dickerson went. That SMU. But he decided to come to Iowa State. And it's very curious. And he and he said that this is his dream school and he wants to come here and earn a scholarship. Listen. Listen, when I heard that, that was not just words to me. That was really special. Something special. Because guess what? That is what guys said back in the 80s when they went to Nebraska on a preferred walk-on when they had offers to Iowa State or offers to Iowa or somewhere. He said, I want to go try to earn a scholarship at this team. That's something special. That says a lot about Iowa State, but it says more about these coaches, that these coaches can go out and recruit a kid and have him come here on a preferred walk-on offer And want to earn a scholarship over playing in his hometown, the big college in his hometown, where he goes to, he goes to a um, Christian Christian school already. SMU is a Christian school, even though it's Methodist. But that's a huge th- that's a huge deal. That's a huge get for the staff because I think this kid will earn a scholarship. That's a huge deal for the staff that we can get guys like this because that guy's going to come in and he might play on scout team. Who knows? But he's going to give you real looks. He's not a slouch. He's a good player. He's a really good player. And if they would have offered him a scholarship, I would be like, yeah, he deserves one. I mean, think about it. Back in the day, we would get guys who only had like, it was between Iowa State and Western Michigan or between Iowa State and UNLV. And Iowa State UNLV incarnate Word and Lamar. And they picked Iowa State because, hey, it's the one that's in the Big 12. And they didn't care to come here. And now we have a kid saying that this is his dream school. It's hard to win football games. It is. You want it's even harder? Hiring the right coach. And Iowa State hired the right coach seven years ago. And guess what? Matt Campbell hired the right coaches inside of his building. Inside of his on his staff. Nate Shieldhouse, Taylor Mauser, the guys on the defense, all those guys. Really good really good coaches. Our talent level is starting to elevate. This class. The last class and the class in 2021 have really showed that. I think this class is, re- I mean, every single one of these guys that I've gone down, I'm going, I, m- maybe my eyes are, I'm too close to it right now. But I'm, I, this, this opinion is not, this is not an opinion right now. All of these guys are way better than the guys that were, they were bringing in at the beginning, that Matt Campbell is bringing in at the beginning. Every single one of these guys is better than most of the Paul Rhodes recruits. We have a really special class, especially on the offensive side. I need to do a deeper dive on the defensive side. That's coming. But all of these guys are really, really good players. And I'm super excited about this. Yes, we had a tough year last year, and it sucked. But the guys coming in, they're going to help make it special. Uh, two really solid running backs, a damn good quarterback. The best class that we've ever gotten for wide receivers. And all three of these linemen can play. Four of them, excuse me. Gotta add Aiden Parr- uh, Aiden Gilmore, excuse me. You just come in this week, I'm still learning his name. All these guys can play. They're really good additions. And I'm super excited that this is the offensive class. For the class of 2023. Man, I'm pumped up. I'm sorry that I sound sick as a dog. I'm really not that sick. It's just my voice. But I'm super excited for these guys. I think we have some super talented dudes, dudes that are talented than most people that we brought in ever. I can't wait. Absolutely can't wait for these guys to get here and to see how they do. I wish the best for all of them. I thank all of them for becoming a Cyclone today. I can't wait. I'll bring you guys the defense maybe tomorrow if at the latest Friday evening. Thank you guys for listening. Go Cyclones. Thank you for listening to Believe.